You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of How's it going, bro? Man, Town podcast um, episode eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah, dude, that's there's so much going on now. It's crazy, man. Well, first um, of all, I want to bring up, um, dude, man. I want to give a shout out to Up Magazine and uh, yeah, that was an awesome article, man. Brian, man, for writing that awesome article on it. Like, yeah. I finally made my parents proud, man. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> No, but you know what? Like I said, I I felt like it was like a good. I loved how it was like a decade in the making. They're talking about you, you know. I mean, because like, well, it kind of is. I mean, you know, it, it, that's how long you've been keeping track of of everything. It's how long I've been. I mean, in October, in October of this year, it'll be ten years that I've been doing um, graffiti. Technically, it's amazing, man. I mean, time flies though, or does it not? I don't know which one for you. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Sometimes there's so many damn things going on that it's like you turn around. It's like, well, a week just went by, you know? Yeah. But, man. Um, but no, you know dude, what, that, man? I, I was able to, uh, this past week, just because there's like so much like negative shit going on, I decided to take uh, our guest AJ's advice and not watch the news as much, man. And I actually like, I, I was able to uh, finish a few songs, man. So like, um, you know, we had that once, we had that, I had that one uh, throwaway that I did with the, uh, your Georgia Floyd mural, oh. basically, right? That was a dope ass kind of like. Dude, different. that just worked perfectly. I don't can know. We, uh, can we play that? Uh, yeah, I'll play that one. Yeah, 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 I'll play that one. Oh no, you know what? We have that on the. Uh, you have that on the website. You got that. Um, where can people see it? We should. Well, we, yeah, we, we basically we have it on LA Street Gallery's uh, Instagram page, on the Facebook page. Uh, if you don't follow LA Street Gallery, it's LA Street Gallery on Instagram. You know, LA Street Gallery is on Facebook. Just one word. YouTube as well. If you, you know, if you're watching this, yeah, we people can do it on their already. own time. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, definitely. But dude, that was so cool. So, get back to your music now, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, appreciate that compliment, man. Um, right now, just be able to like finish like a lot of tracks. I had all these tracks that I was just like. Sometimes, you know, it's just hard to finish that last stroke on a painting, I'm sure, for you. You know what I mean? Or I don't know. Maybe it's... Well, maybe dude, it's, normally you're traveling all over the place. That's true. You, you know, people have no idea how much you travel. And they <laughs> wonder why before, for a while, like, we weren't doing this every week. We that's were true. doing this sometimes once a month because either most of the time you were out of town, you know, across the country, across the world. Um <laughs> And we were actually doing this live. We would actually go to people's, you know, studio or, you know, be at the office and people would come in, you know, we physically did this, but, um, we had you know, a crew now, and everything, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now that, that, uh, you've had time to, to sit still, you know, now you got time to get your music done, man. That's nice. Yeah, man. Um, you know what? Everybody knows I'm like, who listens to this show? Like I program the music. So it's like, I'm a big classic rock fan, but like people know that I produce rappers, past in the past we've like had you know rappers come on here and other musicians and you know but i'm a, like a house music dj man so i'm like a ball of like you know a weird mix of like stuff i love like so many different genres man so like the other day i was just listening to this uh, uh black panther um that movie kind of like you know with everything's going on i was just like i'm gonna check out the soundtrack basically so then you know appropriate I, I felt like i was like damn this would go really well with the 
Phil Collins vocals, man, you know? So uh, I did a little mashup, man. I, wanted, I love Phil Collins. I want to share it on. He's your generation. You, you, he's you know my generation, I, right? Yeah. You ever think that? Uh, I'm 51, you know, so <laughs> hell yeah. But you, you know, do you ever think that Phil Collins kind of looks a little bit like uh, Plastic Jesus a little bit? <laughs> no, you know who he looks a lot like? Damien Hurst. Dude, Dude I you're mean, right. <laughs> exactly like him. When I first started seeing Damien Hurst, I was like, what's Phil taking up art for, man? What's Phil Collins <laughs> doing art for? And sure enough, I was like, holy shit. No, that's. Like, no, you're right. You're right. That's, 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 that's a better, that's a better, that's a better doppelganger, man. You're right. <laughs> so anyways, man, I just want to ch ch you check this out. Uh, like I said, it's a new mashup I did, man. Um, you know, I always do these mashups when you just blend two different genres together and sometimes it works out beautifully. You know what I mean? So like, uh, I just well, want to play just like me when I do my artwork, you know, if I do a, a stencil piece with some freehand or something like that, or some, mm. you know, stuff that's already printed and I'm just going over the top of it. Same thing, but this is, uh, let's hear it, man. For sure, man. All right, guys, here's a uh, pray for me in the air.
much the track, dude. A bit of a reinvention, you, you know. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, like I said, I was just in like the Black Panther mood, if you know what I mean. You know, with everything yeah, that's going on. It's motivating for me, you know. Uh, yeah, man. I hear that type of music; it makes me feel like getting up and creating. Dude, that's that's my goal, man. You, you know what I mean? Like, I love it when I hear that from me because, like, my, normally my goal is like uh, to get people to dance. You know what I mean? But I know not everybody dances. You, you know what I mean? So it's like everybody kind of has their uh, flow. That well, I'm a 51 year old white man, so I don't really uh, dance much. Um, hey, you know what? Talk I about dance by painting, by painting. Okay, that's how I dance. You get into your flow state, though. You, you know what I mean? Like that's what I, I mean. I did plenty of dancing in my time. <laughs> you know about those. We're not going to bring hey, that up, all right? Hey, speaking of uh, uh, white dudes and Asian dudes, man. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Here you go. Hold on a second. Let me, let me bring this up. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to get a haircut the other day, but then I saw this picture, and I'm like, I think I may leave it like this at least for a while because um, <laughs> I, I saw this uh, this you know <laughs> and dude that looks a little bit too much like me and you okay and i was about to shave my head man like the cops from the minnesota you know before this whole quarantine thing i was like fuck it i'll just shave my head yeah don't get that cop care haircut bro or else we might get mistaken you know you know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean dude that's um i hope i look better than that guy though i'm way more handsome than that guy come on you got to give me that dude like you know what i mean well, that, yeah no 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 but I'm way more handsome than Officer close, Tutu, man. Dude, that's like you and me right there, dude. That's like, yeah, I'm going to keep my hair like this for a while because, um, yeah, that's the last thing I need is, is you know, it's that guy! <laughs> and, um, and, now, and now another one shot. Another, uh, oh. And this one, of course, is, is not quite as clear cut. This one, there's like a little bit of a struggle, right? Um, yeah, my buddy David has, actually is from, um, moved back to Atlanta from um, California. So if you don't know the audience, um, basically there's like a guy sleeping inside um, uh, the parking lot of the Wendy's, right? Teach? No, no, no. He was in the drive-thru um, lane. In his car, he was in the drive-thru lane. Now, what I'm not sure is if he was actually right outside where the window is or if he was back from it or if he was in between the there's two windows or whatever that i'm not clear on you know what's so but sad bro what i am clear on is that there was no need to send an armed officer to that situation like that's what i'm talking about in the last uh podcast like cops are expect there's too much expected of them yeah. and this is the situation where they weren't really needed you know what i mean yeah. Like if that guy's going to, you know, uh, run and, and get away from whoever's sent to get a hold of them, they're going to catch him eventually. You know what I mean? It's kind of like they used to do the live um, where they were chasing someone, a live chase. Right. And like if you're ever going through the TV or whatever, you see a live chase going on. Most people, they stop on it because it's almost like watching the live cat. You know, yeah. it's like, what is this thing going to do? You know, um, but then a lot of places stop will, will stop the pursuit because it's just too dangerous. Mm. It's too dangerous what that driver can do, the, the amount of damage and everything. So they stop the pursuit and they just keep the helicopter on. And they yeah. just know that, you know, eventually this dude is going to, you know, you know, you run know out, though, run bro. his sins, whatever. And then you go and you get him when he's, when it's the time is right, you know? 
and no, it sucks though, bro. Hold on, real quick. Let me let me just slip in. I were, I'm actually talking about a different case that the black guy uh, got killed by the cops. I'm talking about the one in Atlanta with the drunk driver. And well, my point is that it's fucked up because we can't even talk about one case. That's what I'm talking about. He was, <laughs> you, the drunk you know driver I mean? was in the um, you know, that's the one that was in the car in the in the drive-through in in Wendy's. Oh, okay, okay. So it is the same one. It is the same. Yes. Well, from my understanding, this is how I I only saw a Good Morning America segment on it real quick. And from my understanding, he was sleeping in the parking lot, and then the cops kind of woke him up, and then um, they said, hey, give you a DOI test. He was drunk, so they're, then they're going to basically take him in. And when they're going to take him in, they had him cuffed already, and then, uh, and then they basically he started running. And then when he started running, he reached for the taser, and he pointed it at the police officer while he had his back turned, basically. And then so the cops shot him in the back twice, basically. This is from, like I said, could be a different case. Maybe, right. maybe I don't know, but I'm just saying to me, well, there's different coverage of it. You know, there's, there's yeah, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. I only saw one news source of it, <clears throat> but the main thing is, this is how I feel, man. I think that in no time for hundred percent sure, have they been as a police officer gone through like hundreds and hundreds of hours of just that scenario. Like if there's no, a cop, no you, you know what I mean? It's like, if you practice, Hey, dealing with a drunk driver in a, a scenario, which is a likely scenario that comes up all the time. You know, if you train and train that again, you're not going to be so uh, in shock that you're going to pull out your weapon and things. Of course, the guy pointed the taser at him. I mean, you have your backup guy. Too. He actually shot it from what it, I from he actually shot I saw, it. Okay. He shot it off because you can see like a, some like things going back like this towards one of the cops and the cops like fall back. And I think oh, that shit. was a cop that actually shot him. Mm, okay. But if okay. someone is running away from you and all they have is a taser. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. But I think, you know what? The thing is, like, it's so crazy because, like, you kind of want to, like, in, in you're kind of wrestling at the moment and you're just kind of go to your first reaction. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. You, you, know, know, you things, never know right? what the hell you're going to do until you're in that situation. Yeah. But one thing, let me say, though, it's about the training, though, because at the end of the day, if they're trained to fucking kill people, which they are, I'm telling you right now, I've talked to cops and I'm, I asked, like, there's this one guy that went to my parents' church before. I'm like, hey, why don't you shoot them in the leg or something like that, which is, you know, kind of a silly suggestion, but I was just curious as a kid. You know, he's like, oh, we're trained to shoot to kill, basically. He, he said that himself, man. Well, here's the thing. You know, if the other person might have a gun, then, yeah, yeah. you, you want to shoot to kill. Because if you just shoot him in the leg and he goes, okay, <laughs> that hurt, bam, bam, bam. You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, I mean, I was a kid when I was suggesting that, basically. But I'm just saying that. I think that the you know inside these officer training, I mean, I think that there needs to be some adjustment going on about how to de-escalate the situation instead of going to, um, you know, they need way more hours um, to do that, man. Like in the army, when they're going to, uh, when they're going into a scenario, they train that same scenario over and over and over and over again, so they're not shocked by anything. You, you, you know what I mean? And I think that. These, a lot of cops, it's like, it's such a tough job. They get thrown out in the street, like, right after however many hours of training. I think it's, like, yeah. less than a nail tech in some, like, in, in some areas, you know? You have to go through more as a beautician, more hours of training as a beautician. Oh, oh, you, you, know, you know what? That, I forgot the story I forgot to tell in the last uh, podcast. Um, so I, I was out with the, uh, with the, with the turtle stencil. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, this guy. And so... yeah. I pulled up to to go put it up on this box that it is at Franklin and in Beechwood Canyon, mm -hmm. and right there there's a an exit off the um, off the 101, mm. and a little parking lot. And yeah, and if you keep going straight, you hit Gower. So it's like right before you hit Gower, there's a little cutoff. 
I pulled off, and as soon as I pull in and stop, about 15 uh, cars, SUVs, uh, police vehicles pull in behind me and surround me. Oh, my God. Parking all around me, okay? And so I'm like, uh, okay, I, I wasn't speeding. I don't think I was speeding. They don't have their lights on. So I'm like, okay, I can't just sit in the truck or, or just pull away. That's going to look odd. So I'm like, I might as well just go ahead and say, you know, hop out and, you know, hey, I'm an artist. You know, I was going to go do this, but I guess I'm not now, you know. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm white. It's cool. <laughs> and this is kidding. <laughs> Hey, Kidding, you know what? I guarantee you, I guarantee you that had a little bit with how, how the situation went down. I guarantee you. Um, I hopped, I'm being honest, dude. I, no, that's I cool, man. That's cool. Truck. Yeah, exactly. One year old white man. I hop out of my truck. I go around the other side and um, a couple of cops had pulled up and, and this one had rolled his window down and I'm going like this. And so he rolls it down a little further. I'm going, what's going on? And he goes, oh, well, you know, we're, we're stationed here to keep the uh, protesters from going on to the highway. And I was like, oh, oh. man. I'm like, I was going <laughs> to go, uh, you know, repair this box over here. I'm an artist. And I was going to go paint on this box over here. And, and I guess I can't now. And he's like, oh, no, go ahead. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, you <laughs> so Dude, I get my shit together. I go over to the box, you know, I'm taping it up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to start. And then um, all of a sudden they start pulling out. And that's the video that you saw. If you look at a few posts back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see that you just like one, two, three, four, five, six of them going by. That was only half of them. That was only half of the guys. The other half were still in the parking lot watching me. Let me see okay? if I can pull that video up real quick. Just because. Um, <laughs> So I, I go ahead and I do my thing, and I notice that to the left of me, there's some uh, a homeless person or something like that had probably dumped some of their clothing on the sidewalk, and it was just it was just looked like crap. And and luckily there was a big trash bag there, so you know I had gloves on and everything. So I just went ahead and cleaned that up. And anytime I work on a box and it looks like crap, and I scrape it off, I always clean up around it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So. Um, I think they also saw that I did that, you know, and so they you know they weren't gonna <laughs> fuck with me. Um, so when I finished up, you know, pretty quickly, and when I went back over there, um, you know, I, I thought that they had all left, but then I saw that half of them were still in the parking lot, you know, they're all sitting around, you know, and I, I walk up and I was like, wow, man, that's, you know, that's about the safest I've felt doing a box I think ever, man. <laughs> I'm like, last time I did a box, and this is all true, mind you, the last time I did a box is over there on Franklin and uh, Highland. And I finished up and I, I'd done a dog, you know, it was a really cool dog. And then I finished up and this guy, I was taking a picture and I heard this, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and I looked up and this guy was coming after me with a hatchet. You know what I mean? He was coming after me. And so, you know, uh, it's great to have you guys here, you're... man. Thanks, thanks for being here, you know. And then this one guy sitting there, he's like, yeah, man. Uh, and they're wanting to defund the police, you know. Huh? They wanted to defund the police. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's ridiculous, man. Like. You know, and you know what, to be honest, what I did say was I'm like, you know what, I'm, dude, I have appreciation for you guys. I, I thank you guys for what you do. You know, my, my family is actually military. So, you know, uh, we, we love you guys. So, you know, and it's not an appropriate time to say, do you even understand what defund the police really means? <laughs> because that's the worst thing they could have picked to call it. But it's just, I mean, uh, why? Why me, do it's just that? like. Okay. Why did well, they choose to call it defund the police? Well, it's like going, hey, look at this gun. <laughs> oh, I just shot myself in the foot. 
Well, it's like this, man. It's like this. Okay. And okay, Police remind reform. me. Remind Police me reform. to talk about uh, what my idea for the uh, for the badge thing is, okay? Because like I want to get remember my idea for police reform. Yeah. Oh no okay, no so, no, no. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, real quick, um, is okay. First of all, naming things divisive things does divisive things to get people's attention is like one of the worst ways to like you know to bring people together. You, you know what I mean? Like, okay, it's like when in the '60s they called it the civil rights movement. Okay. And let me tell you something. Right now, they call it Black Lives Matter. In Chinese, when they translated that, they added one word, okay? And it made it so much less controversial. If they would have just said Black Lives Also Matter, which is the Chinese translation, which still means the same exact fucking thing, actually. Do you, do you kind of see what I'm saying? Okay? They just added that one word in the Chinese translation. It made it, <clears throat> oh, yeah, of course Black Lives also matter. But when the point is, like, when you throw Black Lives Matter in somebody's face, I know it's meant to be, hey, we need your attention right now to talk about this subject. I get it. You, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, but you got to shorten it up. You can't say all that stuff <laughs> at one time because people these days, they only have a, an attention span of about yeah, point it's three true. seconds. <laughs> point three seconds. You don't he have also, something flashing or sparkling or doing, you know, whatever. Yes. Then... So I don't know if like, what is the actual like correct, uh, you, you know, if that's meant, but I'm just saying they can name these things, different things that'll really help bring together some of the people on the movement. Cause some people are stuck at the name, man, you know? Um, but anyways, here's well, my the name like defund the police. I understand. <laughs> and I know exactly. I, I get it. It's just like, look guys, but you, you know, again, I think from the activist point of view, what they want to do is like, just like, Raise something to your attention so it creates discussion. That's at least what I hope it is. It's not meant to be divisive on purpose. But here's my idea. Okay, here's my fucking idea that I think that, you know, hey, if you have any influence, uh, you know, I think you should bring this idea. And this one's for free, man. Okay. <clears throat> Basically, I think that every single fucking cop, their badge, okay, should have an R QR code on it, on their badge, basically. You know what I mean? And then basically, automatically, when you approach when they approach your vehicle, okay, you have like a citizen's app that will be triggered. Hey, there's a interaction about to appear with the cop basically. Okay. And then afterwards you rate that interaction with the cop and then we'll see how many times. Oh, like Lyft or Uber yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because the point is like, then we'll, there wouldn't be like Derek Chauvin, a guy who's been written up 20 fucking times and have problems still be there it's like dude yeah, nobody goes to the one star problems. nobody goes to the one star yelp restaurant you, you know what i mean because it's like dude this place sucks i'm just what i'm trying to say is like it just kind of like involves the community more um there's an automatic hey you can scan the qr code maybe of course like hey we need to protect our officers and the yeah. people of that interaction and, and on the other side of that situation whenever they do something that's like hella awesome or whatever you know they get like a, 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 an amazing rating or whatever and maybe they get even paid more or better. Yeah, you're you know? right. Maybe send it from the tax from the uh, from the. Hey, nobody calls, man. Nobody fucking calls, dude. Okay, we got these ideas, but fuck, dude. You, you know, you know. I mean, we have, you know, we have we have people. You got to make it easier for people to to. You got to make it easier for people to bring things up. Okay, that's all it comes down to. I like those city town hall meetings, though, man. They've been funny, man. Have, have you heard that guy that told? Uh, uh, the oh, the call into the police headquarters. <laughs> the, the, fuck off! I was in my time. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> He's like, I still had three seconds left, so I just get one more fuck you in there. 
<laughs> By the way, that's the Asian brother that called, man. So I'm just, that, that, the guy who said like, <laughs> suck my dick and choke on it. That was the Asian brother, dude. But, but you know what? My other favorite was the guy who was the, the Jewish man who, uh, who was from uh, uh, Koreatown, basically. He was so eloquent at um, saying like why the police, you, you know, need, he, he, he said the police need to be defunded because basically they're acting like the Gestapo, you know what I mean? But he brought up a really good point. He was like, he said, basically, you guys are allowed to uh, do whatever and on, onto the people whenever you guys feel scared. He said, let me ask you, if you guys are the police, why do you scare so easily then? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, it's true. But you know what the answer is? It's because of the training, man. You have like fucking... 200 hours as like a, you know, police academy, and then you got to go out, man. That's why they scare easily, man, because it's like... Well, here's the thing also, dude. I mean, I did a little bit of uh, guard work at uh, Sony Pictures Studios. Mm, and, okay. um, and all I'm doing, all, all I'm doing is just a guard sitting at a gate, you know, people coming in and everything. Mm. And, you know, I saw some crazy people coming by, and I totally understand why cops are on guard about totally. crazy people, you know? Um, and you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of training on how to deal with that shit. Yeah, um, but remember, you know, saying? but I wasn't supposed to have to deal with them. I was just as a security guard. You're just supposed to watch and report. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, some shit's going down, and you're not supposed to be the hero. You're just supposed to be like, Ooh, okay, hey, <laughs> you know, over there. Thank. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, there you go. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Straight up, man. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't get paid enough for this bullshit, you know? No, because it's like, yeah, one time I was like a security guard at a concert, too. It was like some, like, college kind of thing, you know? And then um, I was just like, you know, when people start getting crazy, I remember thinking, like, I'm getting paid, like, eight bucks an hour right now, man. I'm not going to fucking do shit if somebody, like, goes, <laughs> you know, buck wild, man. I don't get paid enough to fucking, like, get myself injured, man. Like, you know what I mean? So literally, I'm just a... Uh, you know, a standing like banner telling people to go somewhere, man. Cause I'm not going to stop anybody, man. I'm getting paid eight bucks an hour, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 no. Fuck that. But you know what? It's also weird too. I feel like, um, you know, when you're put in that place of authority, even as like, just like a regular concert security guy, you're like, oh, these fucking people. Like, you know, you're just trying to do your job. Right. You know what I mean? But then like, everybody's not listening to you, not going to a certain direction. And then you start to be like, come on, guys. Like, you're with your, you know, guys with yellow jackets and everything like that. You know, you're like, all right, guys, we got to organize, like, group the people. And then you start to have this, like, us versus them mentality automatically. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that when you continuously deal with that every single fucking day and you don't get appreciated for that, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's going to be no, hard. Dude, you, form a, you form a bond whenever you enter into situations like that with other guys, you know, especially if they're armed or something like that. Mm, yeah. You know, the situation like that with a bunch of crazy people, you know, that, that bonds you to these other guys, you know? And so, um, you know, uh, and like I said before, man, you can have all the training in the world. Um, and if you're just not the right type of person yeah. to, to deal with that kind of stuff, you're not going to respond well. I think, you know? I think I meant like, you know, I think it's training and vetting too. You, you, you know what I mean? It's like, you need the right kind of training will provide the right kind of vetting. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, because <clears throat> think about it. It's kind of like this, man. Most situations, um, calls that are, I don't know what I'm talking about, man. At the end of the day, I think, you know, the police job, man, we respect you guys. 
there's probably not too many police officers listening to this podcast yet. Oh, and, and now there's a bunch of them that are quitting. Like, yeah, who the fuck I saw some report police, that, that uh, and you know what? Good. The ones that are quitting, those are the guys that should not be oh, police yeah. officers. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. No, because, because those are guys quitting, like, hey, fuck this. I can't be a bully anymore. Man. Everybody doesn't appreciate my bulliness. You know, yeah. but the people who really want, hey, this is what my identity. I want to make the change. Like, those are the people that, uh, you, you know, are going to stay and make that change. But you know what, though? I don't see anybody from Gen Z, like the kids coming up right now, saying, like, hey, I want to be a cop. Like, how could you possibly want to be a cop? I'm just saying, like, everybody hates you. you got, you're looking at all the shit on TV. Like, everybody's fucking just, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, the only kid that wants to be a cop is the kid that wants to bully people at school. He's like, damn, those are cool weapons that... You know, I want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Dude, it takes a, it takes a special kind of person to, to want to be a cop, man. I mean, I, I'm not that person. Um, but, uh, you know, they're probably going to be, you know, it might not be a bad field to go into, especially if they start um, segregating it to where, um, you know, only certain people deal with highly um, dangerous situations. And the rest of the people are more of a, a support group or, you know, go in when it's not life threatening or something like that. Well, I think they got to do like how, you know, in the military, how they have the SEALs that are like the elite people. Okay. You, you know what I mean? And those are the guys that deal with, you know, crazy situations, basically. They have hours and hours and hours of training, um, you, you know, and then there's a bunch of like supporting military people. You know what I mean? And these military people should not do the SEAL job, you know? So it's just like those SEALs get paid way more and they're way crazier, right? It's like when we got to yeah, take there's out special ops even within the SEALs that yep. are um, crazier than the SEALs themselves. I mean, um, you know, you're talking about people that, that aren't even, that will, are willing to give up their identity and the, and the um, you know, the, the fact that they're even going in and doing a mission. You know what I mean? Like um, a lot of special ops guys, you'll never hear about. Totally, man. You know what? It's funny. Um, uh, one of our listeners, 666 Augie, he sent me this uh, podcast and he was like, hey, I want you to check out this podcast. It basically, it was called uh, Behind the Bastards. I mean, this is kind of like a loaded podcast already. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> One-sided already, obviously. But <laughs> Behind the Bastards? <laughs> yeah, basically it's about like a, a bunch of, it's about like police brutality and like kind of like just like talks about it i was like dang i can't believe there's a pot there's so much police brutality that there's a podcast that can sustain off talking about police brutality it makes know. sense makes absolute sense let me see uh behind the bastards podcast let me let me read the uh dude we're not the only ones erupting i mean you know uh what was it uh north korea just blew up some building that they had a meeting with in, with uh, south korea and they're getting all like in south korea's face um i mean there's some crazy shit going on outside the u.s as well but you know what man it's kind of like i think we're inspiring people i think people are looking at us going oh look at america all crazy yeah you know up, what man. it's so funny and you, tell, tell me this man it's like um I have some friends that live in Germany, actually, and then they're just like, man, dude, I can't believe everybody's, like, protesting, like, this whole thing in, in Berlin, man. I think they're just, like, uh, uh, finding an excuse to go outside. He's like, I found a lot of people in Germany are hella racist, you know what I mean? So it's just, like, it was, like, a funny thing. My, I mean, like I said, everybody's... You know what? I just, uh, for some reason, I, I, I have a point I want to make. Um, you know, we talk about America being great. 
uh, America being great again, make America great again, okay? Um, you know, uh, when it comes to people, in order for someone to be a, a great person, the, the only way you can be great is by going through a hell of a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. Like major crises, major shit. That's when you find out who the hell you are. Um, so, you know, it is times like this that is going to make us great again once we get rid of how we're dealing with things now. Can I, I you know, I, I'm reminded of something that when your, uh, your wife came on the podcast, man, something that she said, um, she kind of signed off with this and I thought it was so insightful. She said, whenever, whenever you have something, when you're trying to be great again, you're like looking through, looking to the past actually. And what we need to do is like, because you can't actually repeat the past basically. So you just need, we need to look forward. So doing anything like uh, making it great again, it actually is like kind of like counterintuitive. You, you know what I mean? It's like, you're, yeah, you're kind of like, just agree. like holding on to sentiment. And I, I thought that was really, really uh, a good statement. So hey, got audience, if you're, uh, if you haven't checked out that episode with Daniela, man, go check it out. Cause uh, you know, we had to cut we had to cut it a little bit short that day because we had a second guest coming in. But, dude, it, it was an awesome episode, man. And you can hear about... Um, highly, highly intelligent woman. And uh, she has... Uh, English is her third language. And, you know, she's better at it than most Americans. So, <laughs> <laughs> including me. <laughs> hey, let's talk about our guest today, though, man. Cool. Um, yeah. Menzo. Uh, this guy, oh, man. Talk about uh, talented... Um, hand style, uh, lettering and everything, I think is, is one of his uh, fortes. Um, I, he was just working on a piece uh, today um, uh, for, I think it says Black Lives Matter. Um, Black Lives Matter. Um, and uh, yeah, see, this is, I was, <laughs> I wish I could have had him come write George Floyd on that, uh, <coughs> on that portrait of George Floyd that I painted. Like, I, I wanted to put George Floyd's name on there, but <laughs> I don't have a good hand style oh. and not, and it was also a little bit windy. And if you don't have a good hand style and it's a little bit windy, don't even try because <laughs> it's just going to mess it up. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's um, funny. I didn't even notice I didn't have his name because his, his face is so iconic, man. He, obviously at this point, Hey, can we, you know what? Let's talk about real quick. Um, well, Menso, like I said, I'm just reading his, uh, uh, feed right here. I see like, Seventh letter, and I see more Lane Hollywood tattoo, man. So, like, I mean, these are two things I really want to talk to him about, man. Like, uh, you, awesome. we've already talked to Eddie a little bit about seventh letter before, but it'll be great to like understand a little bit more, more about that too, man. And, um, and, and you know what, we've I'm been curious what it takes to get into some uh, a crew like seventh letter crew. I mean, do you have to get jumped in? I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, like, put it this way, I think like any elite crew that everybody respects um the process of getting into that crew is never an easy journey you know i mean that's why not that many yeah. people and there's there's uh i'm not even i don't want to mention names of crews or anything because sometimes they don't like that um especially if they don't belong to them but um you know there's there's some of them that are, that are quite brutal physically brutal um to get in you know and these are uh graffiti crews you know, some some crews are, are um, more, I would say, gang related or uh, and then others are more art related. 
um, some or both. <laughs> um, but, Have you ever uh, had any sort of like this kind of like initiation type thing for anything like that, Teach? Oh, no, no. Okay. No, I've, yeah. I've, um, I had a, like a couple of offers to be in a couple of different crews. You know, sometimes um, back when I, like after I got arrested in uh, <clears throat> 2011, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I, wife and kids and what stuff about like for like what about for like sports and stuff like that though you know sometimes they yeah in order to go through like a, be a on a sports team you got to go through initiation like you know what i mean no eh, just tryouts no i never uh i was dude i, I grew up in um you know a redneck area in, in mm. florida and uh yeah no it was you know you you basically made the team um and you're good uh, and and <laughs> Even if you're not good, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have any. No, it's interesting because, like, you know, I I, I kind of always uh, talk a little bit about my uh, you know, my college days and my fraternity days, man. You, you know what I mean? It's kind of funny. Do you because, have to get jumped into your uh, or hazed or whatever they do? Yeah, I mean, it's just straight up hazing, right? But it's like the the thing is like whatever you think of like college. What did they do to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna tell you in a second. Um, but uh. Thing is, like, many people think of, like, colleges, hazing. It's like, oh, you just make them drink and, like, I don't know, dress up as, like, girls or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Do, do gay stuff or whatever, right? That's that's the standard, like, thought of, like, what fraternity hazing is, right? You, you know what I mean? So, anyways, wh when, I was in, when I was in college, uh, dude, I can say this now because my fraternity on the West Coast doesn't even exist anymore because it basically became a gang and it got shut down, okay? So, <laughs> so basically, so my fraternity was Lambda Phi Epsilon, basically. And uh, um, it's interesting because it's like, I always say this, I started off with 17 guys in our class. And at the end, there was only like six people that like <laughs> made that, it like, that made it. And that's pretty much Ooh. like the average, like standard rate. You, you, you know what I mean? And the thing is like, it's interesting because it's, uh, they, they tell you they're first, first off, they're telling you like, all right, just letting you guys know, this is not like, uh, the other quote unquote white fraternities, you, you know what I mean? This is not going to be fun. This is going to be the worst. I ended up being like 16 weeks of your fucking life, basically. And, you know what? And, but it was an initiation process, basically, that lasts like an entire um, quarter, basically. You, you, you know what I mean? So they call it a, a, another four unit class, they always say. So it's like if you're fresh, <laughs> you know what I mean? You better prepare. If you're taking like 18 units, you better prepare to take 22 units, you know what I mean? So they oh, literally geez. give you this book that has like every single fucking person's like that's ever been in the fraternity's name inside this booklet basically from the founder all the way down to uh, uh the last class okay you know and then they have all these like you know things that you need to remember because everybody inside the entire fraternity nationally knows these like oaths and creeds and uh ch chapters and things like that I'm just saying, tell, tell me when this starts to not sound like a fucking gang, okay? <laughs> okay, so, you know. What is it? All you need is a caliphate. <laughs> just sounding like a caliphate, bro. <laughs> I, I, I see men, Menso, in the, uh, Menso in the waiting room, man. Um, do you want me to let awesome. him in? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, we'll, man. We'll go back to the stores another time, man. We got, you know, we got my entire life to fucking talk about. I don't want to waste this man's time, man. <laughs> got too much love and respect. Definitely. See. There he is, connecting to audio, and 
There you go. I think he's got it. Yeah, you see me there? Live and live and live and direct. Yes, sir. Can you hear us? Yeah, is the AC loud? No. Maybe I don't hear it. AC. No. How's it going? Sir. How's it going, man? So I'm James, up, man. Hey, nice man. Nice to, nice to meet, meet you. you. Hell yeah. Thank you for coming on hey, our thanks show, for, man. Uh, thanks for coming on today, man. I really, really appreciate man. your time, man. Uh, where are you right yeah. now? Is that is are you in your studio or uh, where so are you? yeah, this is my private studio here um, located on the Fairfax district Wow, man. Yeah, one of the cool little offices right here. Ever, this place has been here for years. I used to be a um, Some kind of Jewish like medical clinic like and then they they um, converted into um, creative offices so for the past like 10 maybe 15 years it's been nothing but um different artists and uh, musicians and uh, you know people that started a lot of the brands on on, on Fairfax started in these small offices nice. pretty much a small wow. little square you know like a doctor's office like sure. that. Man, that's awesome that they let it be used for that yeah definitely it's like an it's an incubator here for um, all kinds of legend legendary people that have done some cool stuff in the Fairfax district and as well through other other outlets like music and and whatnot but I mean it's a pretty cool list. Um, uh, some of the people just have the offices still just as nostalgic because that's like the office where it all went down, like the hundreds and diamond have two offices here that um, they just keep, they're pretty much empty, but they like them because that's like where it started at. So nice. And, yeah. It's a cool little slice of um, Los Angeles here. Um, it's cool being in the creative atmosphere, you know, walking through the hallways, hearing other people making music or bumping in and talking nice. about other, and also everyone's always trying to collaborate, which is cool, you know, with each other or with the next thing. I mean, there's a, it's pretty, pretty versatile, pretty eclectic as far as like who's in here. I mean, one guy creates apps, um, another one does like, you know, digital music, another one does hip hop music. All kinds. Yeah, another guy does a fashion designing with like crazy raw like denim that's like rare. Like he doesn't even like to show no one. He's so secretive about it. <laughs> um, a bunch of the brands still have offices. I mean, there, there used to be a, even a um, Allstate Insurance in here, but um, I know I like this little spot. I've been coming here because I used to hang out with um, some of the recording artists next door. And nice, uh, which, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm think a I'm music producer and uh, also a DJ, man. So, so like, oh, it, nice, it, you nice. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I was trying not to name drop, but yeah, um, Dom Kennedy. Nice. Um, he he's right right here, um, along with a lot of his people that he works with. Um, and uh, yeah, it's always cool. And there's another A and R from um, you know, some one of the big record labels that always has new new up and coming artists coming in and out. And they're, trying to get like I could hear like the them playing like the new tracks trying to get them signed you know kind of deal but yeah Dom Kennedy <laughs> awesome, is a resident man. yeah Dom Kennedy you know local legend from Lemur Park he's a, one of my favorite artists even if I didn't know him I, um, I would still like his music and uh man yeah it's motivating because of uh music is what keeps me going I can't pick up anything even if it's I, don't, I was gonna say cooking or whatever it is I need to put some music on to get me in the zone you know <laughs> I will get frustrated. I'll straight up scream at the top of my lungs, pull my hair out if I don't, if I can't get like the Wi-Fi to connect to get it like a tune on. Like, I'm like, wow, I'm not gonna work. Awesome, I'm not gonna dude. work. Yeah, yeah, I gotta work. I've just learned that over time. I think because of my grandpa's a carpenter, so um, you know, you can see. Just imagine him being back in the '50s trying to like work. Like, you know, he had to turn on his little radio, have his little beer, get in the zone kind of thing. You know, so um, and my yeah. dad. He, 
he was an artist. He's the one that used to draw portraits and stuff when he was young. But he led into um, he he's the car dealer, so he was a wheeler and dealer. Interesting. And, Where's your family and, uh, he, from, bro? My I'm pretty light skinned, but I'm Mexican. Both my parents are um, are Mexican. My dad is from Chihuahua, Mexico. For sure, right by the border. Yeah, and uh, Chihuahua is actually pretty far down. Oh, is it? And I'm then, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, my mom is from uh, right, actually right by the border because she was right there on the other side of where El Paso is, where Texas is. Okay, yeah, but, it's, but, on, it's but on the her, Texas side for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But her her, uh, her mom and like actual like the whole family's from Sinaloa. So Chihuahua and Sinaloa is pretty pretty rich in culture. In Mexico, it's down deep in there. And um, yeah. they got, they got, it's been, it's been cool. I used to go there as a kid and still want to go back there even today. Um, it's been getting Where did you grow up? Crazy. Like as a child, uh, where were you as born child, where did you grow up? I was born in Escondido. It's a small town. If you don't know it, it's, um, I pretty much, uh, call it like, uh, pretty much, uh, like San Diego as yeah. where I come pretty much call it. Cause it's, it's inland. It's inland. It's, um, if you go to go down to Oceanside, which is a popular beach, she would go like 20 to 30 minutes inland from there. And it's a small town called Escondido. It's uh, the Hidden Valley. And um, it's real cool. The culture there is really, really rich. I mean, I, I, it's real beautiful. Um, that's and that's what I really cherish is that that town, you know, not being L.A. or like a big, a big town. I felt like it really had like um, the cultures that I um, that I naturally was around, which was a. Uh, you know, like the, the the California lifestyle stuff, everything from like the Chicano low rider oldies, like script writing, old English, you know, and then the blend into like the to the skateboarding and then to like the BMXing to the punk rock to the you know, to that 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 led up to like going from Escondido, the next town over is up to Mecula Marietta, which is a brand new oh, town. Yeah. It's a good good place to raise your kids, you know. And my dad Mine's took us from nice, yeah. My dad took us from Escondido because there was drugs, and all my friends were in it, ended up dead or in jail down there. So he, was, my parents got a divorce, and my dad moved us to es, um, from Escondido to Temecula, thirty minutes up. But this was rated since then and still today one of the best um, cities in all of um, the U.S. to raise your family at. Um, all the schools and it's like less crime. It's all track homes and like ticky tacky. So when mm -hmm. we were there, when my dad moved us there, I was like seventh grade. Um, I definitely hated it because it was like there was it was like cow fields at that point. It wasn't <laughs> as developed as it was yeah. now. So I fucking hated it so much because it was just so dead. And I came from like all this cool stuff. But um, it was a blessing in disguise. Like I was kind of talking about, I started to hang out with kids that skated and kids that did BMX and like mm -hmm. took me away from like the gang culture. So since, since I was a um, an artist already, like I felt like uh, you know. Well, okay, wait a second. When did yeah. you when did you first realize that you were an artist? When do you remember well, thinking, "Hey, yeah, my I'm, dad, I'm good at this, yeah. and no one, and now I'm better yeah. than other people." Yeah, yeah. My dad was an artist. I remember him drawing portraits with pencil and paper, um, just like freehanding. You know, drawing me as a baby, and then he used to draw um, cartoons really well, like Winnie the Pooh and like nice. Mickey Mouse and all that stuff. So I remember that. And it stuck with me, and um, I remember uh, definitely not paying attention in class and just drawing all the time. <laughs> and uh, you know, I so wanted, pencil, I was, pencil, uh, yeah. pen, and ink were your first yeah. mediums. Yeah, exactly. 
And then, uh, so I was hanging out with the gangs, you know, I was a wannabe pretty much. All my cousins were in the actual gangs and there was different levels. There was like the main gang and then there was like the, the spinoff gang. And then there was like, you know, there was always a different level. So you were I was on the bottom. Cousins affiliated, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I was like <laughs> the bottom of the level, but I still wanted to be part of it. So what I was getting to about, um, you know, going from the gang cultures to like the, um, getting to um, be a little bit more well-rounded in a melting pot um, I was actually using my art as a universal language because at that point since I was a kid I wanted to be around the gangs I, the way I would communicate and hang on and hang out with them they would know me for is I would draw them stuff whatever the, yeah. whatever it would be like I would write everyone used to write handwritten letters back in the day you know to each other or to their girlfriends yes. or so I used to draw like for people like, oh yeah, draw this for my girlfriend or whatnot. And then also it led up to me actually taking <laughs> spray paint, old Krylon cans and, and, you know, stock tips and just doing, cause I got infatuated with the old English. There was, um, mm. there was, there was this, there was this, there was this girl that was, that was the sister of the, the main guy of the gang. And she sat next to me on our first day in class and, and when in her binder, she had the clear binder and the front sliver was this, this full sheet. It was the old English alphabet and numerals. It was all, all the old English, A, A, B, B, C, you know? So I took that Xerox it. And then also she actually had some tags from her brother that she, that he had done on her binder of our, of our um, local gangs and our, uh, you know, local culture like Esco Vieco and like West Side Gang and Sur Trece and stuff like that. I copied all this stuff and I took it home and I just literally re repeated it. And then I started to um, go into the alleys and started hitting up all the hoods and stuff because I wanted to be down. So I was the graffiti artist of the, of the like the gangs. But they had, some of them had no idea who was putting them up, but I, I knew it. But then at one point when I was getting a little older, I actually had gang members like watching out for me, like, while I was painting these alleys, and I was you don't get better like, lookouts than that, man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, there was one point when I went. This is when I transitioned to like hip hop graffiti, mm. but they, they, they. I was still hanging out with some of those guys, and they, they seriously brought us like a shotgun to like underneath the yard, like. And at that, that point, I thought I was trying to be cool, like hell yeah, that's cool, bro. But it was not necessary. We were like underneath <laughs> the bridge in the middle of nowhere, banging, man. It was just too, too much. There was no one in sight, and. uh you know, it's oh, funny, it's like, yeah. it's like they had an opening for a graffiti writer in the crew. Yeah, right? you yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> you know, <what> long, <laughs> oh man. Long story short, I was actually with the graffiti art and the um, the, the dialect and the scripture of um, Chicano. You know, because I was Mexican, so like Latino, like gang. I guess you could call it gang. You know, stuff like that's what it was. Um, you know propaganda uh, from gangs you know what? So. A, subject matter is one thing but <clears throat> the execution level and yeah. precision so, is amazing dude you, you got so. amazing lettering and everything and now i Thank know why you, you so, got started yeah, yeah. you yeah, got started exactly. at a young age so, there you go you, you kept up with it and everything yeah so and, it kind of uh, there was another little sliver and i'll keep talking and then we'll get to a point where we could um, share because i know I'm, I'm all about me right now but no, no, you guys. No, we love this so, stuff. No, it's all about so, you. Uh, this episode, bro. Hell yeah. So, uh, so there was a sliver. My parents, you know, unfortunately got you know separated, divorced. At the time, it was pretty popular. Um, I'll think of a date, but um, 
so my mom was going in the wrong direction. She she had the party side on her, you know. Sinaloa is known for that. Or that they're like the party people, you know. And my dad was more of the work, like yeah, we're trying to be like you know the work working man, provide for my family kind of deal. So uh, he was stretching us. Um, you know, he, he pulled us out of that that city to take us to, to that little small um, tiki taki town where there's no crime, no gangs. I was the melting pot where I got to learn some stuff. But while my mom was in, out of the picture, while we moved us up, she actually, you know, unfortunately took a wrong path and ended up in the system. And um, this brought us to a point where, um, you know, she was, uh, I was getting letters from my mom at this point. And these letters would come. This is awesome because the letters would come. She had a boyfriend now in jail. I was at another jail or some shit like that. I don't know. They, this is what happens when these people are in jail. They got they got people. They're writing each other letters, but all these letters were all decorated with beautiful, beautiful art. I'm talking about everything from from lowrider cars to roses to beautiful women to you know cartoon characters. Everything was all decorated. She was sending me these letters, and she was having her boyfriends and also five friends of hers. Um, decorate them for us for me and my brother and my sister like for birthdays and uh, like you name it i still have them i finally found them so when we do a book or whatever or documentary we could show them but uh oh, yeah wow, like, uh, yeah all the i have them all spread out so all those right there was just like gold at that point um and that's what i used to draw that's i just loved pencil and paper and drawing on envelopes and handwriting stuff and uh um, that was definitely something that was like the biggest inspiration. So then when we got to Temecula, you know, that was more of the punk rock and rock and roll and, um, IE, man. you know, yeah, Nirvana <laughs> and stuff like that. And then, but there was a little sliver there. There was ravers and stuff and like yeah. people that did, did, did graffiti, graffiti and street bombing. And like, I went from like, Oh shoot, this is a little cool. Like, so I picked up a skateboard and I picked up the, the, the Krylon can instead of a talk, sock tip. I started to go find the little um, the fat caps, and then I got into crazy, crazy New York hip hop, like like none other. Subway art, you know, like 1981 graffiti, um, and uh, and uh, New York hip hop was just my life at that point. You wow, know, I thought man. I was from New York. You know, kids, that movie Kids was out. I was trying to talk <laughs> like I was from New York. Like I was like talking with Liz, trying to like get a 40 and go tag on some shit at that point. And uh, <laughs> I used to see this cool guy. You know, he used to drive a car. I used to always see this guy, you know, he's always pop up, just like how life happens to me all the time. And I finally had the guts to like tell him like, where are you guys going? Cause they look cool. This guy had a big old Philly blunt t-shirt. This other guy had like a Krylon t-shirt. They had some baggy pants. They looked like they were going somewhere in a cool Honda Accord. And I was younger. They were probably like, uh, shit, 18 maybe already. And I was probably like maybe 16, 17. So like they, 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 they were up on game already, I guess you could say. And um, it was my friend, Mike Glory, who started Us Versus Them. One, uh, me and him were, um, you know, partners in crime. Um, glory, you'll, you'll see a lot of Glory and Menso work, um, a lot of trains. That's what we used to do. But he he already, he had the golden ticket because once I, I went to the, I literally went to their front yard while my friend, they, they, they were, someone was running out from the, their house to come into the car. And I was just like, yo, what's up? Where are you guys going? And they looked at <laughs> each other like, who is this kid? And, I, and then... You know, I was trying to prove myself at that point with these guys, you know, in town. And they were like, all right, you can come with us. You know, I finally, if I had to do something like give them some money or give them like my graffiti magazines or something. I don't know. You know how it was back then. Like you got to throw something in the table. So they brought me along and man, 
Los Angeles, baby. We're, we went down to the Alexandria. It was a rave underground. Oh, we shit. We, I've yeah, been we there. Went, yeah, we, yeah, we went in there. This was back in 90, shit, 98, 99, maybe a little bit earlier. It's on the second and, uh, floor and shit. Yeah, exactly. We went in there, and it was all graffiti artists. It was all local people, CBS, you know, MSK, WR heads, everyone. Everyone that was in there had to do something with something. There were DJs, there were rappers, there were Something MCs, in the underground there, scene. Yeah, yeah, there were all something that, that you know, Fat Beats and a um, um, couple other cool stores up here, like Workman's Outlet. And, you know, I, I pretty much was attracted to Melrose and, like, going to raves at that point. I wanted to get out of Temecula. I didn't want to go to... I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be in Semecula in the cow country. You know what I mean? Even though I learned some cool tricks on a BMX and picked up skateboarding and whatnot, but I wanted to get out of that city. And my dad worked night shifts, so I would I would take off with my buddy all the time. And, and then I fell in love with trains because you know we were looking the subways out in New York. But uh, I um, we went we were out in IE. There's a there's a train yard. It's in Corona. You a lot of people see it if you're driving in that area. And that's all we did all every single night was like go to LA, go to the rave scene, go tag, go put slaps up, go go around all the major spots, Melrose, Venice, um, Fairfax, downtown areas. And then we started to get the the hip hop events started to come into play. B Boy Summits, you know, the first B Boy Summit was down in UCLA, you know, then there was one with the riots down in Venice Beach and there was all Poor kinds of cool venues, yeah. And then we had fresh freestyle sessions. There's another, um, you know, dub hip hop. So we were making sure to go to all these. I was getting the black book sign. I was break dancing. I was trying. I was emceeing. I had the DJ set up. You know, at the house. <laughs> I was trying to do it all. I was going like this, like <laughs> you know, I was full blown. Like I'm, I'm on hip hop. All the pillars. The, all the, the pillars. Fifth, the sixth element. Yeah. <laughs> I kept doing that. Kept doing that. Kept doing that. And then you know, I just. Um, I ended up uh, doing it enough to uh, start to make a little name for myself in the IE. We start, we, we were painting. Now now we had this little small, you know, crew. We were trying to think of different names. We had four of us, maybe even three guys that we were all together. We're, from, we're living on Temecula. It was me and my boy, Glory. This guy, his name, he named himself Martian. And maybe two other characters. We, we, we call these other few or something like that, like Freights Every Wednesday or some stupid thing like that. We went to this empty uh, meat factory in Riverside, and we started painting this wall. And then this other crew came, and they were badasses. They had all the fucking shit, you know. We were like, it was like the Bad News Bears and the, the fucking badass team came up. You know, we were on one side of the wall. And were, the wall was crazy because we were literally, if it was a glass, we would be painting, like, each other. Like, so there was these holes on the each side of the wall. So every once in a while, some of our crew would, would go sneak under and check them out. And every once in a while, the other crew on the other side would come on our side. And then at one point, they were they were bad fucking ass artists. These guys are all legendary now. The, one of them is Jeff Soto. He's um, you know pretty famous now. Um, you know, well known. He's a fine artist. Um, there's another guy named Max um, Two Four Two. He's from Riverside. So these guys were in a crew called Bashers Crew, and Bashers was like a legendary crew from Riverside. And uh, they invited us to the next meeting, and this was getting serious at that point because they didn't want us to be in their crew. These guys were all getting wow. like, like you know, they they were becoming legal eagles per se. They they started to like have um, children and like you know jobs and stuff, and they, they couldn't be on the street, so they wanted to pick us up because we were the ones active freeway bombing and doing trains. So they would balance out the Bashers Crew. 
And once that happened, it was it was crazy. Bashers was all over all the freeways in the IE. Every single freeway was just crushed by us. Um, and, you know, started to come up to L.A. a lot. We used to have a wall that we ended up, you know, claiming. Um, it was right there on 3rd and Traction, where our district. It's a big blue one. You can't miss mm -hmm. it. It's right there. Yep. With, um, I know the new, what you're the talking new, about. At her. What's that? So, I forget the name of the building now. But it's a cool place now. They have gallery and stuff. It's even blue still. Someone did some like buffaloes, but that wall, I could I could show you some some a few different productions on there that the Bashers crew would come out here and do, and um, man, we were getting really good, especially being blended in with these guys. Man, this guy named Stephen Daly. All these people work for Disney and like Lucas Films, and you know the name, list goes on. These guys all became legendary, and it was cool to oh, be a man. part of them because they. Now I'll have to introduce you and show you the list of the, the, all the artists, show them, show you their work. Um, long story short, we were in LA a lot at that time, uh, AOL chat rooms and stuff like that came <laughs> about. So people were going on there and there was a little bit more connectivity. And, uh, um, you know, obviously uh, some of, a lot of the artists that were in LA that were really doing it were the biggest inspiration. There was a long list of people that I could tell you, like, these are the people I want to be like when I grow up kind of thing, you know, like if I was a skater, Tony Hawk kind of thing. So right. one of them, well, some of those people were, were, were actually, you know, people from like MSK and AWR. And um, I was drawn to that because that's the style I had at the moment besides CBS. Cause we, it was pretty, we could have been in CBS. We could have been in any crew in LA at that point, you know, cause we would done so much work and proved ourselves and made a name for us. You could go anywhere, you know, we'll see Serge say what's up, like whoever it was like, Bob one like we would see people you know and they would know that takes we a lot of time point. and work to it get that takes kind a lot of respect, time dude. so yeah so it was a blessing so we finally we seen you know and um um you know uh, all the work started to pay off at that point and uh we we met some cool people on there that brought us to meet um you know the our friend uh eclipse from um you know the seventh letter awr in the Muscar. So we met Eclipse on there, and uh, we actually had a, a loft in the toy district. So I hit him up, and I was like, yeah, we got this loft down here, you know? And he's like, oh, what? That's cool. We're trying to start this brand. And I don't remember exactly too clearly how it went. It was something along those lines. And uh, they wanted to start the seventh letter at that point, you know? So they were, they were looking for a space. And I was like, yeah, you should check this out, you know? Check kid out my boy, Mike. Mike was the more per people person and business guy on the side of the side. I was kind of like, a little younger and still don't know didn't know what i was really getting myself into but mike took initiative and he had like the talk and the walk and um he actually we went to go meet up and then uh, we went to the warehouse and uh, mike became um, a rep for the brand so he had wow. became a rep for seventh letter when it was like just starting it was a clothing brand that was started by a member of you know the crew so it wasn't a crew yet. It was just like a, it was, it was just a brand starting. It was a seventh letter and it was designs by Revoke, Saber, Sever, Push, and every, Brenna and everybody. So I was there the like, most you know, talented men in the world. Yeah. So I was there like a little kid ready to just start mopping the floor, whatever it was, pick up the trash. Like I was there, <laughs> bro. Like a lot of people, you know, it's just, I was annoying. Maybe I was maybe at a little too much. Maybe it seemed like I was kissing ass. Whatever it was, I was dedicated, and I was making sure that I was there, boxing up the shirts, whatever it was, and also sitting there like 
and soaking up the knowledge. Because anytime you were there when the presence there would be sitting down just like we are now, there would be some stuff talked and I would be soaking it all up, you know? Because I wanted oh, to yeah. do everything I wanted to do everything the right way. You know, for my dad, you know, being the the the, the wheeler and dealer and like a mechanic and uh, the artist and my, my grandpa being a carpenter and like all these stuff kind of resolve into like like loyalty and royalty and respect and like all those kind of things that the streets actually teach you, which is called you know pretty much street etiquette, which is actually I'm really proud to have and learned of along along the way of because I put myself very in important. position put myself in a position where I, I did, you know, was homeless kind of a, per se, even though I didn't need to be or wanted to be. I just put myself out there. So I was always out there in all the different major cities just running around. But uh, yeah, so it was a cool, pretty cool that we created a bond down there. And uh, Mike, you know, became the business part of it and doing all the um, the repping. So we, me and him, our mission was to go and like go to all the different cool stores see if they wanted to pick up the brand we bring all the new shirts show them off you know put out some stickers you know just put it i'd be tagging it up at that point i ended up in san diego now um i'm a little bit older so um my mom was actually getting out, out of the system now so i wanted to be in the san diego area to be a support system at this point i had graduated high school this is about 2000 and i put myself back in san diego area so i kind of stretched myself from the seven letter guys but since i was down there I started tagging, you know, I was tagging all the time. So I was tagging the seventh letter now in the alleys and shit. And uh, it wasn't they like that. Crew. It wasn't just a crew just yet. It was the crew the next day that I tagged it because they called me like, yo, this shit's getting serious. Like, are you sure? Like, you want to be down? Like, t Log's going to beat your ass or some shit. Like, if you don't, like, just fucking around. You know, I'm just, I'm just fucking around, but I'm just saying, like, shit's fucking got serious. So at that point, I was like, Damn, this is this is something I definitely want to represent. Not because of everyone else before me that I looked up to, but more because of the people that I've met, like in person, and and and, and felt like they were my family, and you know, um, people that I, I looked up to now as mentors, and you know, every everything across the board, a father figure, everything, because we really looked up to um, to to Casey. So uh, we that's what I was repping was the seventh letter because of that. Know? that makes and, total uh, sense yeah so i was repping it because of that and then everything else came into play i had to earn my i mean it's dumb to even say it that way but earn or not earn my way but like just be who i am and let it come out naturally because i was still young and dumb you know i didn't now that i'm older i understand like how i was like portraying myself and wanting to be like yeah at one point when i remember being like yeah i want to you know what i mean just rack shit and fucking you know treat 40s and shit like that's not what it's about you know it's like it's a little bit different than that it's a little, there's a more to it so once we 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 um you know got inherited that that family and respect and like loyalty and, and you know we're there for each other whatever it is you know you need a tractor in the middle of the night like we're going to come for it for you and, and bring that and make sure that happens you know anytime they call me like <laughs> i'm gonna make i'm, I'm, down, I'm, down I'm, for the I'm cause, a soldier, bro. I'm a soldier. Dude, that's what it's all about <laughs> man no it's all right <laughs> yeah. hello is he gonna have to oh there hello. he goes <laughs> where are you guys at there you are yeah we're right here man <laughs> i got too excited okay. Dude, so, no we got, we got, so we got to that point and then um all right so we got to that point so now i'm in san diego i'm going crazy i'm trying to do the motherfucking thing down there 
and I ended up moving from there to San Francisco. Whoa! And at that, yeah, and at that point, no um, man. <laughs> so I was everywhere. I mean, I was in in Rosarito, TJ, San Diego, you know, Escondido, Vista. Um, Ocean. Yeah, but then to go to there from San, San Francisco, what was that yeah. like to get to San Francisco? Yeah, I mean, I want well because I felt like we've already infiltrated Los Angeles, now infiltrated San Diego, so now it was time to go put some flags up in SF, which was the mecca. That's like where everything was, like everything from skateboarding to, to you name it. I mean, that was the place to do it. So it was time to go up there full force. So I went up there, and um, I got to live actually with another DJ. His name's Gas Lamp Killer. He's from San Diego. He's out yeah, here in out LA now. Lamp. Yeah, Gas Lamp. You know, thank God for him. He let me, you know, live with him for a little bit. You know, that was one of my best friends, and I thank him for that. But I was trying to do my my hood thug, like go rack some shit, go steal some paint, go tag, like go, and just go eat. And I wasn't really thinking like, yeah, let's start a business and like, you know, get my taxes done or anything like that. Like, <laughs> nothing like that. You know, I was pretty much. Not burning my bridges, not with my boy Gaslam, but burning my bridges as far as like stability. You know, being a, a young adult, turning 25, trying to find himself, trying to be a badass graffiti world traveling artist, get his name out there. And Living like um, a wild man, I, dude. Yeah, there, there's a part, there's a part. Well, yeah, the nomad, I think everyone that goes through something like that comes to a, a falling point, a crashing point. Yeah. And that's what, that's what happened to me is I came to a point where I lost some friends, you know, and I lost my money and I was not happy with the life I was living, you know, going into these department stores and taking these fucking, you know, designer jackets, you know, boosting shit so I could go, you know, do, do my, do more graffiti, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it wasn't making sense. Like, so uh, at that point, at some point you figure it out. No, yeah, but you know, so some that, people, it's cool that you had this, like, epiphany yeah. moment, man, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, so I'm literally down and out, literally have one quarter left, and at this point, my dad is is definitely, like, kind of had some falling outs, you know what I mean? He wanted me to go in the right direction, you know, Pops, and, you know, he, I was I was too busy trying to go in the way, in the wrong direction. I, I mean, you know, the black sheep of the family, at that, I guess you would want to say. For sure, 100%. But now I'm the golden voice, which is really nice. So, <laughs> you know what, man? And that was at the end of the story. I didn't even have to say it no more. But, anyways, <laughs> let me, I'll keep, keep talking about myself. I'm always so talking about me. But, uh, dude, you make our job easy. Are you, yeah, yeah. you love to hear people talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it's, it's, we got to like pulling teeth, get people to, to you know, help us to yeah. understand. Because here's yeah. the thing we, we, we're doing this because we want to give guys like you, and and other guys in your crew or whatever an opportunity to um yeah connect with people in a different medium and to understand you and 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 how you think and how you work that's and, awesome um, man. yeah i definitely i, I so love when we that. have someone that's you know willing to you know share with us their how they got to where they're going and everything dude don't worry about it man we love this yeah. and awesome, also you know man. what a lot and of we're very appreciative Thank yeah, you. definitely. I feel like a lot of times inside the graffiti community, it's like graffiti heads talking to graffiti heads. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of, for our show, it's like we, yeah. LA Short Gallery cover like street art, graffiti, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever, basically like we want, you know, it's, so we're, you're able to like reach a different audience and help people understand the art form, man. Cause you know, there's so much stuff going on right now. Everybody, 
universally in the news right now, man, everybody blames the taggers, you know? Oh, they're, they're graffititing up and this graffiti yeah. up that, you, you know yeah, what I mean? We, <laughs> yeah, but there's a big difference. There's a big difference in taggers that they're seeing on TV and what, what this guy does with his, uh, with his lettering. I you, mean, know this, you know what's dope, though? You'll see so different. some, like, really nice ace all officer bastards like in some really nice freehand writing sometimes you yeah, know what i mean i'm yeah, like yeah you know oh, what? Damn, that, some, that's, some... All, that's all the people that are like what do they call those people that are going in lighting the fires and shit and the looters? Looters? <laughs> yeah yeah that's who those are i witnessed them like you could tell who the graph heads were and then if you could see all the other writing is all those those fake people it's crazy because yeah. yeah, I, I mean i studied writing i know who it is so exactly they should have someone like you they should have someone like you working with the officers so well, they can check tell this the out. i mean my office was here it almost burned yeah. down i almost watched it burn down on live tv i, oh, I didn't even care about my stuff yeah i have the footage and everything but everything that gets that gets um that gets uh looted gets burned down in the store downstairs i don't want to say which store it is because i want people to know exactly where i'm at but <laughs> yeah no, no. absolutely and then um, motherfuckers were, were, were starting a fire. And it was actually, the fire luckily was on the street. It wasn't the building, thank God. Oh, but uh, man. the- um, That's just scary, the, man. Uh, Damn. The, uh, the fact that uh, they did burn down was really nice, but I was ready to let it burn down. But oh, okay, so I was, Powerful, what man. I was gonna say is, uh, since I was in here in this area, cause I did come down here, kind of just peek my head in and stuff. I saw the uh, Antifa, I guess, what you call them. I saw them, man. They, they they were all dressed up in all black. They looked like like I don't know. They had a certain look to them. So then the next morning I come here, and this is early. And those same people now are dressed in like regular um, like university shirts. These all these girls and boys look like they're um, ROTC, maybe like eighteen, maybe sixteen, seventeen. Mm. It's all the same people that were out there doing the graffiti the fake graffiti they were out there the same morning cleaning it up and and um and what? and uh yeah they were the same people i swear to god it was the same people because that you could i could size people up i'm a, I'm a good judge sure. character I already, i'm a graffiti head like you know i know it so <laughs> i'm not even trying to crack in and get too detailed with that i try to let it just I, I try to stay busy so i don't get too crazy with it but um yeah i Dang, saw it that's, from that's my, first-hand information it. though man yeah i witnessed it i seen the same people that were trying to do the dumb shit over here with the mask on and the umbrellas are there the next day they were all on the block and, and they came as a team there was this person there was this lady that was in charge of them all and like that she set them all up to go cover up all the graffiti that they were done and the only graffiti i swear to god was the graffiti that looked like, 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 not like shit, but the one that didn't look like a graffiti head did it. The mm, graffiti yeah. head stuff that was left up. And they, I'm talking about, I could take pictures of it right now. Like, there's an all cops or bastards that the homie did on this side with the fat guy. <laughs> yeah. But then the, the one that got buffed was the one with the stock tip fucking signature, <laughs> signature for fucking, dude, come on. With the stock come, tip, yeah, yeah. Rusto. So yeah, that's that, that's besides the fact. So before I forget, I'm gonna keep going with my story. So yeah, my everybody, Please. we're over here, seventh letter, but this and that. We're doing our thing now. I'm in San Diego, live in San Francisco. Now I'm down and out. I'm at a payphone. I got one quarter left. I'm not even cool with my dad right now. I forget what my mom was at at the moment, but she she I I forget what it was. Um, but uh, at that point, I kind of called my dad and I was like, you know, I wanted to make amends with them at that point. So I gave him a call and I was like, hey, you know what? 
I'm kind of stuck out here, and um, I need, you know, you mind buying me a bus ticket back, and uh, they they got me a bus ticket, and uh, it's crazy because right at that same, maybe the next call, I had another quarter. I called my buddy Mike, and Mike was in Temecula, and he was the business guy I was talking about that had all the, you know, moves, and he was the um, the rep for the brand, and uh, so he was working at Active with my other friend Graham. And they were both making Active Ride Shop, which is a skate shop out there that had all these chain stores. They were kind of just like a straight up surf surf shop at one point, you know, selling like just those um, normal skate um, and surf brands. And now these guys, my friends, were transitioning into making this business turn into more of a streetwear brand mm. store, which they were bringing in like Diamond and like uh, Ten Deep and you know all the all the brands, and then also bringing in like. Not Rip and Dip, yeah, this is a little bit before okay. that. This is like Seventh Letter was one of them, you know, the Hundreds, um, oh, Ten yeah, Deep, exactly. Diamond. Uh, this is when uh, the the shoes were really big at the at the time, like uh, the, the Dunks and stuff like that. All the shoes were really huge. So they were active. And they, they got let go from active. You know how it goes when you blow something up and then they fire you from it. So they were like, what? Let's, let's start our own shit then. Let's call it Versus, Us Versus Them. And, there, and that's what we started. We started Us Versus Them. It was a, a place down the street. It was in Temecula. And um, that's what was cool. On my bus ride pretty much back from at San Francisco to Temecula, my friend was excited. We had the, the coolest conversation because he was like, man, I finally did it. We're opening up a store. It's a retail space. It's a gallery. It's, it's everything we ever dreamed of. And we, I was like so excited. I was driving like back to this like dream Disneyland pretty much. And when we got there, man, it was so much fun. This was like about 2000, 2005. Um, it was so much fun. We pretty much had something that you see in LA nowadays. It's like a cool gallery hip. They got the merch for sale, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so we had it out there before, before it's time, pretty much. We bought it out there in Temecula, the small town, because of these reasons. One of them, because it was a small town and it didn't have no culture there. And kids needed to be introduced to it for their first time ever and, you know, give them a cool place to go to because there wasn't shit except for cow fields. Um, second of all, it was the, the number one town to have everyone come live there. Be, so what was happening is that we, we were bringing in kids from New York and, and uh, L.A. and San Francisco, wherever you name it, west to this town where they were used to seeing cool shops, hangouts, galleries, art. And they didn't have it no more. So now they had a place where they could come to. So we built the amazing community. Everyone would be there every single month. I became the art curator. Uh, um, I helped out organize every single art show. I, I nailed everything on the walls. We named it. Helped make oh, the flyers. Awesome. Helped make the flyers. Yeah, we started filming everything. These things, these things were completely full. We were having solo shirts for the first time for a bunch of big artists that are huge now, like Reyes from San Francisco. One of his first solo shows. We did Jeff Soto's first, one of his first solo shows. Like, we did artists that you never would think would be out in the middle of nowhere. So, um, and man, it was a blast. It was, I finally was making um, over $500 a day doing like custom um, stuff with like paint markers and, and whatever I had spray paint laying around. Like, uh, people would come in and get anything customized by me. They could bring whatever they want. A surfboard, snowboard, skateboard, bike, like shirt. And you could bring your dog in and I could spray it. And then during the holidays, <laughs> it was a hit. Like it was a big hit during the holidays. Um, I, would, I was making good money and I was like living the dream. Like, hell yeah, I've never made $500 a day. Like 
at this point, you know, and I was just like living like a rock star at that point. And uh, man, recession hit in uh, 2007, 2008. Okay. And uh, man, it was sad, bro. I was right there sweeping up the floor, fucking last day, you know, shop is gonna close down. Like, what am I gonna do next? But, and uh, this lady, super nice lady, sweetheart, her, her name is Cindy, and um, we had Geronimo, her husband, Native American, and then her, she was, her, her background, and her dad was a badass Harley Davidson fucking motorcycle rider, fucking family-owned tattoo shops. Like, her, her dad used to work on Elvis Presley's bike type shit. She, that's how bad Whoa. it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah he, he had, like, the signed check of, from Elvis Presley paid him for working on the bike in his safe. And some wow. shit went down with the cops, and the cops ended up fucking keeping that shit, bro. It's like ah! a sad, sad story, <laughs> but she she probably she probably still bumps to this day. Imagine where that check is now. Oh. But uh, long story short, so they they would come in all the time and buy artwork all for their tattoo shop down the street. And at this point, I used to hang out at tattoo shops even back in the day in Escondido. My shout out to my homie Zane. He used to have a store next door called Street Life. Zane from DFC. He's an Escondido um, legend. He's like one of the best graffiti artists from that town. And that's why, you know, why I am who I am today, too, because, you know, that being my hometown, he being the hometown here, I was like, I would be like Zane, but I'll have to share my art. I mean, his art with you. And he has an amazing shop that if you ever been down there, you'd be stoked. It's super fucking cool. All the little trinkets and all that cool graffiti shit, art stuff. But uh, long story short, my friend Zane, DFC, you got to go down there and see him. Um, so we, we ended up just pretty much just uh, closing up the shop. Last day, I was sweeping, mopping, literally. And a uh, lady comes in. She's like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, looks around. It kicks the floor. And I'm just like, dude, we're closing up, man. And she's like, oh, no, that sucks, honey. I'm sorry to hear that. And she's like. You should come down to my tattoo shop. Maybe one of the guys will pick you up as an apprentice. And then, like I was saying, in my life, I've never even thought about tattooing. I used to hang out at tattoo shops. I never really got into it. Even at the gang time, I didn't want to get him because, like, my, I respected my family. I didn't want them to completely be my ass, you know? They were, already <laughs> they, 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 they were already hating me. And plus, it was like a weed leaf or a skull or, like, a, the gang writing, you know, three dots, you know? I almost yep. got the three dots, gave them myself, but long story short, I never cared about tattooing, not ever once in my life. At this point, my friends, um, Cindy and Geronimo, they're in the store, it's empty, it's just me and them, and they're like, come check out our spot, and that was a milestone in my life, because uh, I definitely was, didn't had no idea what to expect, so I went down there, and just like the same worth ethic that I have, I ended up... Uh, scrubbing and mopping the floors again you know like Hussein boxing up the stuff trying to make my name trying to bump shoulders man. yeah people might, might have liked me maybe not you know and uh, I was trying to make a name for myself man I worked really hard for, for a long time and I finally had the guy that doesn't talk to no one that probably will never ever talk to anyone he finally picked me up and then took me under his wing as an apprentice and I was like yes <laughs> and at that point it was over because uh and that changed my life, you know, because uh, at that point, the recession was super, dude, nothing was fucking good for nothing. You either had to sell drugs or like, sorry, you know, <laughs> which I did. And then sorry, I didn't, I'm glad I did it, you know, <laughs> dude, do what you got to do to make it sometime. <laughs> I had to do that for a little bit. I had to ride my longboard. 
all the way down probably like five miles to this tattoo shop every day and sell a little bit of weed here and there to get my um you know what the only reason i had to do that was because when you're an apprentice they treat you like shit and they make you pay for everything <laughs> they're like go get us some coffees get on a mocha latte and by the way stop at subway give me a tuna mouth you're like a probie that. for the fire department Here, take right? my you fucking know? keys take take my car my girl needs to get the kids need a babysitter fucking you know it's on you got to do it or else you're a fucking piece of shit you can't like fight club <laughs> but different you can't you can't learn how to tattoo so i'm like all right okay yeah no problem so make it enough you know so i need a little bit of extra weed I mean, a little bit of, yeah, to sell, make, make some extra money for the, um, the fucking honey mustard side of fucking, <laughs> <laughs> and in the pizza slices. But, uh, okay, so we got to the point where I finally made it. Yes, I'm there for a year, did my apprenticeship. I started picking up the needle, got to do my first script. It sucks really, really bad, but fuck it. I was tattooing, you know? And uh, sorry for cussing, but um, no, you can do it. Apologize. No worries. Trust me. No worries. <laughs> uh, and um, well, I respect you as a, as a father and and the kids. Um, and uh, so, long story <laughs> short, uh, commendable. And then the teacher as well. I wanted to be a teacher when I was a kid. When I was really young, in fifth grade, I wanted to be a teacher, and I wanted to be the art teacher. And I always thought, and I didn't even know that this was a Pablo Picasso quote before I even knew that, because I was only five, I was fifth grade, but 20 years later, I found out that um, every kid, every kid is born an artist, and it's all about remaining, or keeping them one. Every kid, yeah. every child is born yeah. an artist, it's all a matter of keeping them one, keeping them inspired. So I wanted to be like kindergarten through fifth grade teacher, you know, whatever the other thing I would have taught, taught Spanish or something, and then been, been the art teacher and teach all these kids. But we didn't get to do that or be the astronaut. I became a badass graffiti artist, tattoo artist. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what, dude? I thought at one time I might want to be an art teacher, but there's there's the the the, the thought of something being cool, and then <laughs> the doing, doing it. it, and then it's like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> This is yeah. obviously not the right group of kids because I want to kill them. But, you know, anyway. <laughs> I agree, listen, I agree. So we, had okay? a we, uh, we have a, a, a thing that we like to do. Um, it's called uh, Check Your Feed. And okay. basically, we just go through your Instagram feed and, um, you know, kind of show people, you know, what you've been doing and, and, and some of your work. And they can see what I'm talking about with the amazing um, lettering this guy does. So yeah, James, can that? you uh, yeah, that'd be dope. Get us something going on the screen here. Um, so yeah, I was there at that tattoo shop for ten years, and um, it was it was amazing. Yeah, I did my ten years, and then after ten years, um, I moved from that town. I moved to LA. That was a little over three years ago, and man, my career has just been blasted off through the through the through through the roof. I'm my own private studio now. I'm a celebrity and a tattoo artist for the industry here. And I'm, I'm tattooing anyone that has to do with anything in, in, in any kind of culture, you know, professional dirt bike riders, race car drivers, photographers, filmers. I mean, you name it. I'm, I'm getting to everyone down here. We're all, I created this place for us to kind of collaborate and get inspired with each other. And um, it's been working out and uh, everything I manifested and all my goals that I've set in my whole entire life are all coming to life. And, I'm glad that um, you guys have involved me here today because uh, this is actually one of them too, you know, to be featured and um, be talked to by other talented people like you guys yourself and to document this is just a, 
it's a, another milestone, you know, and it's just, yeah, uh, this is, it's we're, we're documenting it's, this dude and we yeah. are honored to have you on here, man. It, yeah, uh, you know, uh, when you've done as much work as you have done, um, you know, and you, you keep that, that same level of, of commitment that you do, it's not surprising to me that you've been at that tattoo shop for 10 years and you're one of the top guys and you're, and you're going to be the best. You've got, you've got that, that motivation, dude. Thank you. A lot thank of people you. don't have that. And I'm, I'm still, I'm still nope. learning every day. And dude, thank you, man. Because you know we we try to get some other uh, tattoo artists on here unsuccessfully, man. So it's awesome to have, especially you as our first one, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah, dude. Yeah, tattoo artists are crazy, you know. And they're they're we're really busy. People. <laughs> we can't even. We're, we're well, you know what? Late. I I, am, I can understand how sometimes if you're working on a tattoo and it may yeah. take longer because of the type of skin someone has or yeah. you know whatever. So, you know what? Yeah, the, the coronavirus pandemic has been a blessing to me because, like you said, like I said, I've been there at 10 years and then I was on my own for five years. I always was tattooing that whole entire time. And now that we couldn't do any tattoos, it, it allowed me to oh. focus on my on my fine art and projects. I, I've been literally I've had sitting there forever. You know, when you pick something up on the street, you're like, I want to paint this one day. It never gets done. I finally got to do all that stuff. So uh, yeah. that was pretty cool. And now, awesome. I got, now I have something else under my belt that I could actually work and paint from home. I've been doing um, the vans. Like when you go on my feed right now, we'll start talking yeah, about that. Absolutely. Check your feed. Did you bring that up? What was you that? You know what? Wait, do that One again. One second. Let, Want me to do that, that again? All right. Oh, wait, go check ahead. your what, feed. What oh, check, 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 check your feed. All right, Just try to throw a little bit of production in there. You know, we don't have a official Hold thing on. yet. Yeah. What do you got, Minzo? So I'm gonna take a two-second break. I drink a lot of water today. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna have my. Oh friend, no, we're, uh, we're gonna pull up your feed right now, and then. Uh, oh shit! What's go going ahead and on take here? your break. Yeah, live graffiti. Live graffiti with Mike Glory and Minzu on June 26th and 27th. Yeah, June 26th and 27th. Actually, I want to promote um, something else going on, man. Uh, on the June 27th, the uh, Cult 33. Uh, oh going, yes. You're having another. Um, so they're having another uh i guess they're having an installation and you know it's really funny uh what they did man um they have this installation it's in vegas basically it's called single serve street art um let me see here it's the one yeah they, they put together like a little thing it says uh you, you know they, go check it out on their page cult 33 spelled out c-u-l-t 33 uh t-h i-r-t-y-t-h-r-e-e -E, basically and then you can check out uh their really cool installation man it's kind of like a, a talk about the um street art industry basically and uh how you know if you're running out of ideas they're giving you a uh, single serving basically so <laughs> dude man Hello, uh, sean and all those guys we're back check how long were you fees. out there today uh menzo today i was out there um, well, I was trying to get out there because it was overcast today. I was like painting when it's like not 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 too much sun in the daytime. Yeah. But yeah, I was out there. Um, shoot, from like twelve o'clock to to when I called you. To twelve to six, yeah. Damn, but, dude. Um, but I I didn't start till like two o'clock. You know that goes. You got to go run around, get some food, figure out what you're gonna do, and. It was kind of it, it's been planned, but it was kind of last minute, and I just kind of just. Just wanted to do it. It was more of a passion project for somebody, and for myself actually. But I'll, somebody asked me to do it on the, their building, at, right off the freeway. 
That's awesome. Dude. We're looking at it right now. We've got your, uh, your yeah, feet yeah. up. Yeah, my friend. Um, Ooh, oh, up on a ladder too, dude. Oh. I know. Dude, it that's... was my workout. It was my workout though. Cause COVID dude, people don't understand what it's like to be on a ladder, okay? Dude. <laughs> you got to balance. A lot of core strength. <laughs> well, the, the calves. Your calves, dude, are in, your, in the front of your shins. You get shin splints or whatever at some point. And, oh, man, you're looking up into the sun, too. Oh, uh, yeah. My face is burnt right now, and, and um, my lips are dry. And that's why I, I, have a, I have a whole case of water. I just literally was just pounding water after water. Yeah. I look at it. I used to um, – I left something out of the story where I did play sports as a, as a kid when I, um, my parents oh, were too – when my parents were together. Um, you know, it was a nice little life. We had a little – thing going on there like the kid played sports you know and I was in little league and um I was a pitcher and man I was an amazing pitcher I have the ball signed here somewhere I threw a no hitter in little Whoa. league wow yeah I, I struck out um I think uh, I forget what the number was I struck out everybody twice there was only like three hits but you know the the, the infield caught him and um I, it was the first Dude. time I, le I learned about a buck you know what a buck is Yes, I do. I used to play baseball myself. I okay, so check also. this out. I fucking was so nervous. It was my last strikeout. If I didn't strike this guy out, he was the best hitter. He's about to hit a home run, break, mess up my fucking no-hitter. And, uh, oh, man, I ended up just winding up. I think it was full count or something. Not even full count. It couldn't have been. Oh, yeah, it was full count. It was full count. I, I go, and I don't let go of the ball. And I, I just I, – I come up, and I just look at the ball like – and then I look at the ump, and then the ump is all, Bach! And I never heard of Bach in my life. I was like, who the fuck is Bach? Is that somebody he knows? And then, boom, the guy gets walked to first base. And everyone starts going crazy. And we're like, oh, my God, there's a guy on first base. Fuck. This guy's fucking about to fucking mess up the no-hitter, you know? And um, that, I guess the dentist really counted as a hit. It was a walk, so... Next guy comes up and there was a pop up and uh, you know a double play action and uh, I got the ball somewhere right here and uh, that that so anyway so I, I put the the same work ethic as my carpenter grandfather my my uh, my machinist father and uh, my 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 baseball ethic too when I'm when I'm painting like I look at it like it's a sport I'm out there with my Gatorade bottle I'm out there you know I got all the gear ready. I'm putting on my running, my, my nice running shoes. That, you know, I have a, my, my kit. I'm out there, and I'm going up that ladder, breathing in a certain way where I feel like this is my steps for the day. Like, I'm yeah, trying to dude. get my cardio <laughs> in. And, like, you know, I'm trying to make it, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, even financially sometimes. And I'm, I'm working it all while I'm there. And, um, it's it, man, it, it's such a great, great feeling afterwards. Just to, to, yeah, to have that absolutely, that accomplishment. When get, yeah, yep. when you get something done. Especially if it's something you might be making a living off of, and they, they end up getting rewarded you for your time, man, this is absolutely, just absolutely, man. And dude, that yeah, looks, it looks so awesome. The uh, the Black Lives Matter piece. Oh, uh, thank you, you, thank you. Can you bring that back yeah. up, James? I'll, yeah, I'll wish bring I it back up. Spend some more time on it, but I'm going back to it to to clean it up and like, um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how you are. You're always hard on yourself. Oh, dude, if you, if no, you, fucking it's all freehand, so. Yeah, I used to do commission paintings of uh, portraits, and I would just get hypercritical and, you know, go back days after days after days, driving yeah. myself crazy. But, um, yeah. dude, that looks pretty fucking tight right there, dude. 
Thank the lettering, you, bro. man. Yeah, that's all the top of my head, literally on the spot. I came up with it right then and there. I just started wow. sketching it with the black. Um, Dude. Normally, if I do have time, I'll try to draw it up on my iPad and come project it and lay it out. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. A lot of guys, they, they get on their iPad and they draw yeah. it out. They get all the letters and then they project yeah. it up or they go directly from the drawing to yeah. it. And maybe they grid if it I out could, or something. If but... I could, if I could, I could. But if I'm not, fuck it. You know, I got the carpenter again there, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the... I'm counting with 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 spray cans. I'm I'm looking at the um the the bricks in the wall. I'm using there my hands. Go. I'm using I'm I'm using, you know, like oh you know someone back then would be building a house. You know, my grandpa actually built the house from the ground up in uh, Rosarito. So you know that kind of stuff. Amazing dude, that right stuff, there is, man. That right there is exercise, dude. That right there. I mean, yeah, that was my you're exercise. You're up on the ladder. Sure. You're reaching. And you're having to be like exact. You're having to be exact with your motions, keeping yourself balanced. Sometimes when just one foot, you know, as you're reaching for certain spots. You're right. You're right. I wake. I have. I have the cramps right now in the back of my leg. Yeah, dude. Not only water. Make sure you get uh, electrolytes. You know, like some Gatorade, some electrolytes yeah. in there also. Not just plain water because uh, you know, get you an uh, orange, um, a banana, okay. something some, like that. I have, some, I have a whole bag of oranges. Perfect. There you go. And I do, um, I do got the Gatorades too, so. Hey, this is, yeah. seems to be an issue That's for smart. a lot thanks, of... Uh, thanks for that advice, because I, I wouldn't... Yeah, well, dude, that. I used to do landscaping work. I used to do landscaping oh, yeah. work in Florida, okay? In oh, fucking shoot. Florida. Damn. Okay, and my, I, would, <laughs> <laughs> I would go through, sweat my ass off so fucking bad, and uh, for a while I was just drinking water, and this one dude was like, dude, you need to... You, you only have water? That's crazy. Like, yeah, man, he was like... No, man. That's there needs to be a graffiti writer energy drink, man. This seems to be a, a problem amongst a lot of you guys. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know, that's you know what I mean? Hilarious. I totally thought about that, too. I wanted to make one that looked like a spray can. We were actually <laughs> going to do that's it. A good for, idea. Hey, if, you, if someone yeah, wants we were, to start we that up, man, we we'll promote it on the fucking we were, show with all the graffiti and uh, art heads. I man, have, I that, have, that's the industry. Have, <laughs> I just have, I just need the time for it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna have to do it. I mean, we could be millionaires, but I also, I had a, a kidney stone at one time, so I didn't want to promote any kind of crazy drinks. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh I my God. I'd oh. rather just go around, I could just stab you with a yeah, knife. Those of you don't you know, a kidney stone, <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on, I'll say, hold on a second. A kidney stone is the, one of the most painful uh, pains that there are, period, okay? Like for a man. Hands down. Right? It doesn't Hands get down. much worse than that. Okay? A woman giving Hands birth. Down. Yeah. So, uh, Dude, that's the truth. That's the truth. I really felt like I got shot, like, and I was in the back seat, just like that scene in the movie where, like, you know, the, the guy's rolling in the back seat and the girl's trying to drive him to the hospital. Like, that's what it looked like. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, feeling for you, bro. Man, so can I ask you, bro, like, do you, yeah. tattoo, as a tattoo, I'm curious, because I only have one tattoo, man. My, my big homie brought me to uh, uh, the place, and then I got my tattoo, and then th that's yeah. all I pretty much know about tattoos, man. Do you, as a tattoo artist, do you guys tattoo, like, yourselves? Like, you know what I mean? Or is that, like, is there any, like, I don't know, I'm just saying, or to practice? Yeah, have you ever do done a tattoo on yourself? We do, we do. I have tattooed myself. I've tattooed my leg. And um, wow. I've tattooed um, my arm a little bit, but um, yeah, the the best advice is normally people try to do like a pig skin or orange or something to kind of get a hang of it. Now they got <laughs> some fake skin. It's kind of like a rubber, like a fuck. 
Mm. Kind of like a like the same stuff that they make dildos. With. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it actually. When I was in Hawaii, um, this guy that does tattoos Still there he did a shark on my yeah. foot. He uh, showed the dildo me that stuff. Or, no, I'm playing. <laughs> no, it was. I'm it was just a, that, It was like a, a canvas. He basically did a canvas for someone, and it was made out of that skin material. Yeah. For the audience, yeah, right artwork. now, right now, Menso's showing us basically. If you want to look on our YouTube channel, he's showing us his entire studio, man. I mean, Amazing. he has a bunch of different styles of work, and uh, I could sit in that room like a museum a stuff, and, and just like check it out for hours, man. You know what? Next yeah, time, yeah. dude, we would love to maybe like come to your studio and do the show, hang out with you more, man. Man, we, that would be amazing. Would we've be been yeah, this, originally. We we've been doing this for over two years now, and. You know, a lot of people have started these podcasts because of the COVID and they have nothing else to do. Um, but, I mean, when we started this, we were going to people's studios, bringing all the equipment with us and everything and setting up and doing it. So, you know, one of the reasons why I've been a little bit hesitant to contact some people is because, man, I wish we were there. You know what I mean? I wish we were right there in your studio with you because, um, you know, we're, yeah. we have a, a, a film crew now that's going to be working with us, uh, a producer that wants to help out and everything. So, um you know, awesome uh, once we get all that together and all this, the the lockdowns are, are let up, you know, we want to hopefully get back in touch with you and have you back on again and, and come and set up there. And, and uh, you know, if you have an artist that you, uh, that you want to bring in as well, um, you know, we can, we can do that also. Yeah, yeah man. definitely. We yeah. Really Cause I want to wanna definitely create like some kind of podcast or something like, you no, know, that's something that's always been on my list too. Some kind of something, you know, so. I'll have you guys on the shit too. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, yeah. well, here's One the day. thing. Here's the thing. Okay, memory we're, lane is what, what, what my, my studio is called. What we're creating here, yeah. we would like to expand and to include others in. Okay. Yeah. Now there are certain people that just because of who I am, they're not going to want to do a podcast with me, and I totally understand that. But they would be do a podcast with you. Right. So if you want to think about this, okay. Yeah, we could. We could definitely do that. Um, Shoot. you know, we could, uh, basically, and we can promote it on a, our feed, man. Like, yeah, same, you, right same on audience our feed and everything. you know what I mean? Cause like for us, it's all about just kind of growing and reaching people and letting people understand more about underground culture, man. Whether it's like DJing underground parties, like you talked about the Alexandra hotel, that shit brought me back, bro. Oh yeah. Those are you know what I mean? Because it's like, damn dude, I haven't been there. Oh, yeah. We could be right. talking. We could have some people in here. We got some guests. We yeah, could go no. to the, Ale we should just get a room at the Alexandra. It still exists. There you go. It still there you exists. Go. I just saw it. I just actually there was in the riots. Can uh, yeah, hey yeah. James, can we go back to his feed for a second? Yeah, that's, that yeah, yeah because I just we, get we don't have too much time, idea. but because we had another guest coming on soon. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, shit, dude, we but I do want to just left. touch up dude, on a couple is, more I, things. I can't because... believe that is this, this is what happens when you have someone like Minzo on. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> this guy is amazing. Look at all this. I love these custom shoes that you're doing, man. These are solid, bro. And like I said, I can see that like uh, that like obsession you have with the font, man, because it's like it's just, it's just clean, bro. You, you know, I mean that Thank old you. style, wow. man, you, you know. And like I said, it's shit, like man. so That's many shit. different uh, like you got kids stuff going on. You got like OG stuff going on. You know, you know what I mean. You got mirror yeah. tattoos, bro. Respect. What's okay? Since we got to take off here soon, what is the best way? for people to get in touch with you who want to commission work or get any kind of work done or just get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? 
a bird call. He's like, don't find her, man. That, that, that's what I was, when he said he didn't want people to know where his office was. He, I was like, <laughs> he's like, I got a lot of work, man. Shit. But yeah. No, you know what? Best way, Instagram. You know, Menso one M E N S O O N E, and, oh, yeah, and also fair. um, my I have another Instagram that kind of dedicates um, uh, you know, photos of just tattoos and and the art. That one is called Memory Lane Hollywood. Just spelled okay. out. So memory, yeah. yeah, memory, memory Lane Hollywood. That's my give you a follow Instagram. right now too, bro. So uh, yeah, uh, we'll follow you back. The, oh, yeah. the, uh, so that's the there tattoo one. Yeah, that's the tattoo yeah. one. That kind of just shows like a mural and tattoos, mural and tattoos. Nice. Or art and tattoos. Oh, the lettering. Oh, my God, man. You got some Tupac up there. Hell yeah. All eyes on me. Nice, man. That's awesome. Well, thanks hey, so much, have man. have you back on, man, because we, yeah, really we didn't really get to check your feet and talk about your current art. But yeah, we yeah. Uh, story, I appreciate you, know what I mean? you guys having me. You know, sorry I was late. That's just how I go, you know. But I always <laughs> make it up to you. That's how I'm, I make it up with the bomb, 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 bomb lunch or dinner. There. So next time I see you, I, I got you. It's on the house. I got my black card. We'll pull it out. We'll let the oh, lady man. drop it on the way in. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you so I much really for coming that. on. Uh, yes, the audience, definitely. Thank and you, think uh, about it, man. Think about, uh, you know, if you're wanting to do a podcast, um, you know, we'd be happy to give you a, you know, help you out and do whatever. Okay, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I definitely, man, I have so much to say to you and talk to you about and explain and people want to hear this stuff, and, man. Yeah, we, That's we, why we, we're we here. to do it, so. Hell yeah, yeah man. It's been, it's been a blessing. We'll have you on another episode, Matt. One of the things I love about you, bro, is that like I see the evolution from what you're, the stories that you're saying, all the way to the mature artist and businessman you are today, man. I respect that. Thank you, that. bro. I appreciate it. Hell of a story, man. A I'm looking forward to story. know you like a lot better, bro. And uh, like I said, whatever we can do here at Panther Town Podcast or LA Strike Gallery, we can help you out, bro. You know, you got our support, Most man. Most definitely, so, uh, yeah. But likewise, in person, man. I've yeah, definitely, man. I cannot wait. You guys keep it up. You guys stay healthy, stay blessed, stay hydrated, get the electrolytes, all that stuff. Um, you Let's guys get that uh, graffiti are... energy drink going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That one we're gonna have to do like something like Wu Tang, like ginseng tea or something like that. Like hell yeah, dude, so, we can so we you... can help you make that happen. We should make one that actually breaks down kidney stones. <laughs> oh, dude. There you go. That's the angle, dog. Well, no, they yeah, do that, that, man. <laughs> we can put the, um, the additives, because they do have a tincture that you get at uh, Trader Joe's or one of the um, health food stores that you put in your yep. water, and that could be it. Hell That's yeah, dude. Right, wait, we know yeah. what. We can't tell nobody about this now. Oh, dude. shit. <laughs> no. I'll edit it out. I'll edit it out. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. You I'm know good. what? Thank you so much. Yo, Teach, yo, you've been in my life this whole time. Finally got to get acquainted. I yeah, got man. to present myself today. I wanted to share everything for everyone else. But right That was awesome, steal, bro. I didn't want to steal any of your time. I can't wait to get, you know, learn about you and uh, talk. This talk ain't our and, time, bro. This is your yeah, time. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, yeah. sharing your story, man. Awesome and, job, like, man. I can't wait Thank to you, get man. a D DJ set, DJ set for my buddy over here too. So Hell yeah. that's what I'm saying. I cannot, I cannot work unless I have music. Yes, <laughs> we got yeah, that man. up right here. We got this little old school cat. Whoa, right here. Oh shit! Shit! And then we got the old records. Wow. You know, we be throwing on. 
thrown in old school in there, you know. <laughs> I <laughs> dig that. Sharp, and 33 is going on, right? Oh yeah, you know what? Check uh, this out. I want to play a set one day, 45 minutes of 45s. Oh shit! Dude. I dig that concept. I dig that. Yeah, concept, and I'm man. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a little mixtape probably, you know, and play all little like, cause all I do is like I try to. I, I try to find breaks, so let me try to play you this break right here. See if you dig it. All right, if you're a DJ, then you can Hell say yeah, yes. Let's hear it. Ready? The break. Five, Hell yeah. four, three, two. You gotta hear that. Guy. Ooh, that's that old. That's a good sample right there, man. Oh, that's sweet, man. <laughs> Dude, I love that place, too. Damn. I hope you spoke to bro, because we're about to blaze one right now. Shit. <laughs> Dude, I'm high as shit right now, man. There you go. Benso, thank you so no. much, bro. We got another guest coming on at 8, bro. So we got to sign off. Oh, yeah, for back, sure. So that was a great way to end it, man. Thank that was you, awesome. Thank you. Thank, yeah, you, thank, thank you. you. We'll catch up soon. To the audience, love All you guys. Right, Take care. Peace. All right, peace. Peace, man. Uh,